January 9th, 2023. We're in Masechet Sanhedrin and Petet Amud Bet. If you count up from where the lines first get wide, 12 lines up, it's uh, toward the end of the line, two words before the end of the line. Again, before they first get wide, 12 lines up, Vayhi Ahar. The Gemara had just been mentioning uh, the question of how a person would know whether, a pers- whether another is uh, reporting a true prophecy or not. So the Gemara mentioned that perhaps they should bring an ot. They need to bring a sign of some sort, which means that their prophecy was fulfilled, which in turn, once you saw that, you should know better for the future, that when they prophesy again, then when, when they're minabit in the future, you should be listening to them. The Gemara questioned that. What about Micha? What about Abraham at Har HaMoriah? Why did Yitzhak listen to him? Had Abraham brought some sort of sign beforehand that his prophecies with regards to action uh, were fulfilled? How come Yitzhak listened to him to go up the mountain to uh, potentially slaughter or have himself slaughtered beyond that? What ultimately speaking happened, Shechutehut, the Gemara envisions at that time period, already being in some way or fashion wrong. Something could have been and was wrong with regards to Akedat Yitzhak in the raw sense, had it not been a tzibui from God. And as a result, the Gemara questioned, why was it that Yitzhak listened and Micha in that circumstance? The Gemara answered, Hechad de Mohzak Shaneh. Avraham and Micha were already Nevi'im. They were already established. They were already well-known. They didn't need to bring signs. When there's a person, an individual, you know they're a prophet. There's no necessary sign in order for you, in turn, to be listening to them. Now that the Gemara mentioned Akedat Yitzhak, now that the Gemara discussed this circumstance and situation, there's uh, several lines where will be Doresh Pesukim, many of them famous derashot with regards to what took place at the Akedah in the eyes of the Hachamim. So the Pasuk says, Leading into the Akedah, Vayhi Ahar Hadevarim Ha'ele, Veha Elohim Nisa et Avraham. Pasuk says it was after these matters, after these things or words, that God tested Avraham. After what words? Rashbam in his commentary to the Torah, Rashbam, that's the grandson of Rashi, is generally speaking very much a Pashtan. And what I mean by Pashtan is he will, even against the words of the Hachamim and the Gemaras, we'll see over here, he'll suggest an interpretation. He'll never, and he makes this clear, go against the Hachamim halachal ma'aseh. But in terms of interpretation, Shiv'im panim la Torah, there's 70 ways beyond 70, even the Hachamim say, to interpret the Torah. So he says, I'm just trying to piece it together when I see in front of me without the traditions of the rabbis. He suggests that if you look right beforehand, there was really right beforehand, there was a pact, there was a berit that was established between Abraham and Avimelech. It was, a, it was a pact, it was a berit in which Abraham and Avimelech uh, promise one another that their descendants won't harm one another. Nobody will get involved with the other, will have peace and tranquility and, and times of goodness between the two of us. That's that which leads to the Akedah. Kadosh Baruch Hu Kivyachol says Rashbam is testing or even punishing Avraham. Why are you establishing that Berit? I already promised you that your progeny and your descendants after you will have protection. You're now going. It's too much Ishtadlu, too much of your own efforts over here. Avraham, understand for a second. This is not about what you're doing per se. You're supposed to be following my commandments. You're certainly supposed to be doing when I don't tell you something, but a pact, a treaty for peace. When I told you you're going to have peace for future descendants, uh, let's test that for a second. You understand that tr- pact and treaty won't do anything if I determine that Yitzhak should be harmed. It leads into the Akedah. But the Hachamim have a different occurrence which took place 
even a little bit before that. And keep in mind that the Akedah, if you do the math, as Ibn Ezra points out in his commentary to the Torah, as, as the Hachamim in several places point out, Yitzhak is probably around 37 years old at the time of the Akedah. What we're about to refer to that took place beforehand, and we're linking the two together, was when Yitzhak was three years old, the day on which he was weaned, on the day in which there was Biyom Higamalet Yitzhak, the day in which he was weaned, he was no longer fed by his mother. It's not three. What do the Pesukim say? It's not three. Right. Uh, we'll see it in a second. Uh, but maybe I'm wrong. Anyway, regardless, so that only strengthens the question, Judah. As the Maharsha and others discuss this, okay, so it means there was a little bit uh, of a bridge of time with regards to the Ahar Hadiva after these matters in the eyes of the Hacham. It says the Gemara, Marbi Yohanan Mishum Rabbi Yoseb ben Zimra Ahar Devarav Shel Satan. This was after the words of the Satan, who in turn is speaking to uh, a, a God about Abraham. I don't know, the Pasuk says, Vayigdal hayyeled, vayigamal, vayas Abraham mishteh gadol biyom higameled Yitzhak. So it doesn't say per se, but doesn't it say in the Pesukim? It says too. Okay, what? All right, well, we'll look it up afterwards. Dichtiv, as that Pasuk just ma- we just mentioned, so it's the day on which Yitzhak is weaned, and there's a special, on Yom Higameled Yitzhak, there's a special party that's thrown, from Abraham, Sarah, uh, the neighbors come, uh, they have a festive uh, banquet and uh, so forth. And uh, no, we don't really follow that. We, we have every opportunity for parties. You're looking for another Yehishim, another Yehishim, the day on which children are weaned, no longer breastfeeding. All right, it's a good idea. I like it. Amar Satan Lefnei HaKadosh Baruch Hu, it says, it says, that's true. That's true. The Satan says to Hakadosh Baruch Hu, "Ribono shel olam zaken ze hananto lemea shana peribaten mikol seoda sheasa no hayalo tore had or gozale had lehakriv lefanecha." This old man, this Abraham, at a hundred years old, you granted him peribaten. In other words, children, literally uh, fruits of uh, of the belly. In other words, you've given him children at an old age. He made this party, he made this uh, this banquet for everyone. He didn't bring even a little bird to sacrifice to you, a tor, a gozal, uh, the cheapest. He had fine meats, he had uh, good foods and, and drinks, and he couldn't sacrifice anything to you. What is the Satan? Of course, nobody's fully familiar. Satan is either some sort of external force, or alternatively, uh, the Gemara in uh, one or two places, if Arno quotes in his commentary to the Torah, Harambam and Moreh Nebuchim, it's an internal Yeser Hara drive that's within each of us. So to a certain extent, this was inspired by Avraham himself, this Yeser Hara, regardless, this Satan. Regardless, that's the, the claim. The claim is, uh, look, he's uh, sacrificing to himself. He's serving others. What about you, God? Listen, I understand what you're saying, but this party, this uh, celebration, it's not really for me. Excuse me, it's not really for him. It's not as if he's focusing on himself more than me. He's focusing on his son. It's all for his son. And you know something in his focus outside of himself for his son, Imani Omelo, Zevach et Banecha, if I were to tell him to slaughter his son, Lefanai in front of me, for me, Miyad Zopho, I know he would do it immediately for me, Miyad, immediately, and again, with the division of some 30 plus years, Veha Elohim Nisat Avraham, that's the test of Avraham. So it's a test of Avraham to question and to determine, so you love your son, it's not only yourself you love. 
but is your love of your son because it's somehow projected, directed to me? Or alternatively, is your love of your son because you see yourself in your son or you see something uh, uh, independent of me in your son? So the Gemara now is Doresh this Pasuk. Nah, the Pasuk doesn't just say that God commands Abraham to take his child and bring him to the top of the mountain. It rather says Kahna. And oftentimes we, uh, we, we encounter that word Na, and the Hakamim see the word Na as Lashon Bakasha. Uh, for example, the Gemara Berachot has the word Na in Yisiat Mislaim. That the Bnei Israel, God turns to Moshe and says uh, that they, uh, the please request of the people to take gold and silver from the Egyptians, which is a startling statement as well. What's the please over there? So the Hachamim deal with the fact that in that context, Bnei Israel would just be rushing out on Daftet, just be rushing out. We don't need gold, we don't need silver, we just want to run for our freedom. So God says, let's just fulfill my, my promise to Abraham. Nah, you should request. Please, please make sure that they do it. What's the please over here? I mean, what's, what's the bakasha v'akadosh baruch hu? you're doing God a favor? I mean, I, I understand that you're, uh, uh, you're uh, standing up to his test. You're doing him a favor? Kivyachol. Don't take this in the fullest sense. But how the rabbi is even going to interpret that you're doing God a favor by slaughtering your child? First and foremost, understand that na is lashon bakasha. There it is. It's misuyan tiberachot aftet. Mashal, and I'll explain it to you, says Rabbi Shimon Baraba, the melech basar vadam. It's similar to a human, flesh and blood king. He had many wars, he had many battles. And this king has a, uh, a mighty uh, um, general who wins all the wars for him. People are talking, people understand the might, the strength, the dominance of this king through his general. After some time, there was a great and strongest and uh, most difficult battle against a very uh, difficult uh, foe, at this point, the king turns to the general and says, listen, all those past ones, please, stand up to the task at this war. All the past ones, everyone's going to deny any strength, any capability. Even if I continue onward, even if my life continues and I have a certain strength, I won't have the same prominence because of the earlier wars if you lose this one. Everyone will say, those were all the minor leagues. This was the major leagues. Everyone will say, the earlier ones were, were insignificant in the scheme of things. My name was being gr- grown. People were appreciating my strength in winning those wars. Everyone's going to say those were the easy ones. When it comes to even the, the first level difficulty, he can't, he can't win. So please win this war. So too God says to Abraham, Abraham, I've already tested you. The Mishnah Navot says there were ten in the life of Avraham. That's our tradition. Ten tests that God uh, leveled upon Avraham, and he was Omed Bekulan. So you're up to, let's say, nine at this point. You've done so many, but now my name, which is now being magnified and shown to all because of you being able uh, to stand up to the test that I've, uh, that I've sent your way all these times, uh, but everyone's going to look back at those first nine and say they were insignificant. If you weren't able to do this last one, that was all the minor leagues. When you got into the major leagues, you couldn't stand up to it. My name isn't going to be able to properly be portrayed to others. Achshav, amod li benisayon shelo yomeru en mamash barishonim. And it's for that reason that there's, nah, please, kivyachol God turns to, Yitzhak, uh, to Abraham and says, please, 
please fulfill this appropriately. Et binecha. So then the Pesukim describe how God slowly breaks the news of who to Abraham he's commanding that he take to Eretz HaMoriah sham Who should he take? So again, we know it's Akedat Yitzhak, but the Pasuk doesn't just say Kahnat Be'et Yitzhak. It says, Et binecha, et yachidecha, asher ahavta et Yitzhak, your son, your only one, that whom you loved, Yitzhak. Why that? Why in such a slow, methodical way does God break the news to him? First and foremost, et binecha, God says to him, your son, uh, the response that the hachamim imagine is that Avraham responds, shene banim yeshli, I have two sons. Et yachidecha says, God, I got it. Okay, understood. Your only son. Avraham responds, they're both individuals, each to their mother. It's true, they're both my children, but how are you going to describe one as an individual? They're both individuals, one to Hagar and one to Sarah. Asher ahavta, that he whom you love, um, God, uh, Avraham Kivyachol responds to God, but I love both of them. I have mercy and compassion upon both of them. Et Yitzhak, finally, uh, God says to him, Et Yitzhak. But why so? Why not just break the news to him immediately? Why not speak in a direct and forthright fashion to Abraham and say to him, Kachnaif Yitzhak? Uh, it's very possible. Is Yitzhak privy to this prophecy? Uh, I don't know. He's speaking to Abraham. I don't know that Yitzhak is privy to any of this. He knows about this. What's that? So the, the Gemara has a different reason. We'll talk about yours in a second, Jess. Why does he do all this? Interestingly, the Gemara says it's so that Abraham doesn't get startled and overwhelmed, so that he doesn't go crazy. You slowly break the news as to what you're doing. Slowly, you reveal a little bit of the plan and then a little bit more and a little bit more. And finally, when he finally hears exactly what the plan is, he doesn't have a heart attack. He's not overwhelmed because he was kind of slowly brought into this. That's the Gemara over here. Rashi, in his commentary to the Torah, writes two things. He says, You have to explain that accordingly in order to make the mitzvah beloved for him. And it might be really connected to his next words. He says, in order to make the challenge Harder, so that's what Jesse's saying. In other words, the challenge is more difficult. He, he it's, it's the suspense that's building, and he's having difficulty at each one of these stages. It might be more of a reward because there's more words, a slower process, and finally getting the message. It's painful. It's agonizing. Just tell me what to do, and I'll get it over with. Slowly and methodically breaking the news to him suggests Vashi from the Midrash in his commentary to the Torah. That's why it's done in such a slow fashion. But our Gemara says that it was almost a compassion. It was almost something positive for Abraham. I hear you. Uh, you're a little too literal here. Um, alternative, maybe it goes like this. Maybe it goes like this. The fact that God's speaking to you and drawing out what his words are already, it's, you're right. it's not as agonizing as knowing that you're going to slaughter, but I just get to the point. I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the, on, the, on the edge of my chair and you're slowly speaking to me. I just need to hear it. So that's maybe a little less sachar than I think. What's that? I hear you. The old, that's but that, but I, you know on the flip side, let's just remember we're about we're dealing with Akeh, That it's hack. So you're saying that's the silver lining. It's the compassion in the context. That's right. Ironically, Eli. Ironically, okay. So Nathan says he's not diluting it, but he's making it. He's softening the blow. 
ironically, opposite approaches to the exact same derasha. Isn't that fascinating? Anyway, it says the Gebara onward, Kidemo Satan Laderech. As Abraham makes his way there, there is the Satan who greets him on the way, who precedes him on the way. And again, this need not be a conversation that Abraham has with another. It might be an internal battle, the way Bam would read it, for example. He says to him, now he doesn't say, per se, as Maharsha points out, these actual pesukim. It's the content of these pesukim. This is the battle that Abraham has internally or externally at this time, because we're going to po- quote pesukim from... Sefer Iyov, we're not imagining that these words were per se said at that time. So the, the initial thing that's uh, said to him is, Hanisa davar elecha tile. Are you getting tested by God um, in a circumstance which is going to just um, wane you and take away your, um, your power? Tile milashon tila'a, which you have by Yitro which means something that's taxing. It seems like God is on his way to giving you this very taxing and, uh, and, and difficult uh, um, uh, test over here. Yisarta rabim v'yadayin rafot tehazek. Furthermore, koshel yekimun milecha u'berkayim koreot te'amet ki ata tavo elecha vatele. Amazingly, says Avraham to himself, or says the Satan to Avraham, you have been strengthening everyone around you. You have been at nefesh You've been causing a, revol- uh, a revolution in the name of God. You've been speaking His word, proclaiming His mission to everyone, bringing everyone onto that path. And now He's going to draw you down. He's going to wane your, uh, your energy. Amar lo responds, Avraham, listen, I understand the question. I accept the challenge, but let me tell you my mindset. Ani, my mindset, va'ani betumi elech, I'm going with uh, tamim. I'm going with a complete and wholehearted mindset, mission, and heart over here. Meaning, the questions exist. I'm aware of them. The challenge stands. But I'm walking with a certain Lev Tamim. I, I at some point read in, in uh, one of the books of uh, Eli Wiesel, who's a, a famous Holocaust survivor, wrote a book called Night, but he wrote books on Hasidic tales as well. And one of them, I forgot which, I don't know the Hasidic masters well enough, but anyway, one of the Hasidic masters was a very complex person. Everything was seen through difficult lenses and so forth. And they quoted him Pesukim, and then they said, the Pasuk says, you're supposed to be tamimim Adonai Lecha. You're supposed to be simple, so to speak, with your God. And so his response was, absolutely. First, there's a certain complexity that goes into it. You understand, you determine, you struggle with, and then ultimately speaking, when all the cards are stacked in front of you and you see them all, now I say, okay, but now I have to do it with a certain tamim type of approach. I need to accept it, even though I have those questions. Now, there's, I was last night having a conversation with a parent, for whatever the circumstance was, and the parent said to me, you know, I, I raised, and I'm not suggesting this to anyone per se, says, I raised my child, my children, in a home where we asked the difficult questions at the table and so forth. He says, but we sent him for education in places where he knew he should be at Minyan, and there was no question about that. He just came and he was committed to Torah and Mitzvot in that respect. He said, I kind of feel like we, we if he did, we pulled this off. He says, I challenged them and I told them that questions are appropriate, but Vani, as, as, as Abraham says over here, I have a certain simplistic approach. Ultimately speaking, when all the questions subside, or even as they're mounting up, but I'm still walking 
with a certain simple approach. I've mentioned more than once, once how um, in, uh, in She'elotu Teshubot uh, Rashbash, he cites how his rabbi, Rabbeinu Shimshon, was well-versed in many of the mystical interpretations with regards to God's name. Maharshal quotes this as well. If you've ever experienced or seen a mikubal, a person who truly knows Jewish mysticism, they have lots of kavanot, lots of interpretations to every word and name of God specifically. And so, so how do you pray, he asked his rabbi. His rabbi said, after I learned all the mystical interpretations, after I became proficient in the system, I now open up a Sidur, and say those words, I now open my mouth in prayer and I pray like a five-year-old. I can and should develop my mind, my heart, my connection to God. If all the complexities of life, nobody ever imagined or suggested it was going to be simple. But what's your approach ultimately? So we know this in relationships uh, between one another. There's so many difficulties. Look at all we've gone through. But ultimately speaking, we're connected by love. We're connected by connection itself. And lastly, I've mentioned the story that I read about my father's rabbi, Rabbi Lichtenstein, who was a very complex thinker. Everything was complicated. There were always six interpretations, 12 ways of seeing anything and everything. So someone, his son described once, asked him, why do you kiss the Sefer Torah when they take it out of the Aron on Shabbat? And the son, when the student were expecting some sort of sourcing on this, there was gonna be, and there is sourcing for where's what's the source, what's the interpretation, under what circumstances. Instead, the response was, a good Jew kisses the Sefer Torah when he sees the Sefer Torah in front of him. There's a certain simplicity, ultimately speaking, in time of action. So says Abraham to the Satan or to himself, he says, listen, I know all the questions. It doesn't make sense. I accept all that for my feeble human mind. And his mind was quite great. I can't interpret. I can't explain why this makes sense. But yes, yes. that's the point. That is Vani Bitumi. In other words, I'm in, you know, I, I'll, make this, I'll make this funny, okay? I have so much with regards to understanding my wife. Sometimes she'll say something to me, and you know, my child will look at me like, what does she mean? Vani Bitumi Elech. But why am I saying that? Not because, because I think she's got something to, I can't understand it in this moment. Vani Bitumi. So yes, he, ultimately speaking, I'm going, I'm not going to listen to her and everything. I'm not, not make her into a dictator. But there are certain things. I listen to her because I trust her intuition. I accept that she has an understanding of this. And yes, I have questions. I can't explain the whole thing. But I'm connected to her. I trust her. So that's what I think it is. Avraham said, I don't have an explanation to this. But you're right. Ultimately speaking, the bedrock, the foundation of our relationship is something that connects it with regards to trust, to faith, to an understanding and a, and a, and a respect of the other. That's Vani Betumiyelech. Amar Lo continues the conversation over here uh, with regards to this Satan to uh, Avraham. Halo yiraatecha kislatecha. Uh, isn't your fear of God a uh, kislatecha. Kislatecha could be translated either as silliness or strength. Either way you slice it, it's, it's opposites, but it's the same idea in our context. It's a challenge. Your fear should be strength, should be foundational. Alternatively, your fear seems to be leading you in a silly uh, direction. Amar lo responds, Avraham to the Satan, zechor na mihu naki aved, says to him, and again, this pasuk from, from uh, Eov, it should be, is this, uh, Zechorna mihu, one second, mihu naki aved, says, what's that? Where is the pasuk? Seven, oh, mine does 
Dalit, which pasuk? Zayin? All right, my Gemara doesn't uh, record it. Okay. Avraham, who has a response for everything, so it's Zayin, it's the next pasuk, because someone needs to get back to the Shas Vilna Hadash that they didn't put the pasuk in. It says them, uh, the response finally, once the, the Satan realizes that Avraham is not listening to him, he says, all right, I understand, I'm not winning this. Strangely, says the Midrash, the Satan at this point reveals uh, the, what's about to come. Instead of uh, Avraham now being actually challenged that maybe its haq is going to be slaughtered, the Satan tells him that the seh is going to be le'ola, not your son Yitzhak. What are you talking about? He took away the whole chapter. That's the point. The suggestion over here is internally Avraham now realizes Oh, I figured it out. It's not going to be my son. And that's to a certain extent the, the, the statement of Avraham to his son. When Yitzhak asks him, And Avraham says, It's almost as if there's something speaking. Does that mean there was no challenge any longer? Does that mean that now, uh, now Avraham actually knows? Amar lo kach oncho shel badai shafilo amar emet en shomin lo. So uh, the, the, the Gemara continues. It says you should know a badai, a satan. Avraham now is, is is expressing. Even if you're saying the truth, we don't listen to you any longer. You've misled me so many times. My internal thoughts, the, the satan. Avraham's expressing and saying, I don't trust you. But one second, I'm speaking the truth now. I'm finally telling you what's actually going to be. Avraham won't accept it. It's, it's, it's an amazing spin, at least in my mind, an ironic spin of the hachamim over here. You have the satan who's misleading, 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 finally telling the truth, and I can't accept that truth. Now, the truth, ironically, here's the ironic spin, would have taken away from the nisayon. It would no longer be a nisayon. Avraham then turns away the truth in this respect. Rabbi Levi Amar Devarav Shel Yishmael Yitzhak Amar Lo Amar Ahar Devarav Shel Yishmael Yitzhak. Back to the initial question: What's Ahar Hadevarim Ha'ele after these words? So we started the whole conversation today, and we said it was after uh, the Satan to Akadosh Baruch Hu. There was the Yom Higamel Yitzhak. There was the day on which Yitzhak was weaned. You see, he brought, he made this of uh, this uh, this big meal for himself. He wouldn't. He didn't even bring a bird, a small present for you, God. Now, it's not that, says Rabbi Levi. It's rather after the words of Yishmael expresses to Yitzhak, I'm greater than you with regards to my adherence to the word of God. Look, I got my milah at the age of 13. You? Eight days after birth. Uh, that's nothing. Eight days versus 13 years. 13 years more of a challenge. I consciously accepted it. It was more painful for me. You, you're nothing. Amar lo says Yitzhak in response to Yishmael in the reconstruction of the rabbi Zobir. Oh, the way you're starting up with me, you're fighting with me, you're challenging me with one ever, with one limb of our body. If God were to tell me to slaughter my entire self in front of him, I would do so. Miyad immediately v'ha Elohim Nisat Avraham, that's the challenge of Akeda Itzhak. Yeah, it's not contradicting one. One is not necessarily contradicting the other. There is a difficulty on the second one, 
and that is that it's not only the Elohim Nisayet Avraham then, it should be at Yitzhak as well. The Mephashim question this, and of course it could only be fulfilled through Avraham, but yes, it means that we should be focused a little bit more than on the Akedah with regards to Yitzhak and not only Avraham. Tanur Rabbanan, back to our issues with regards to Nevi'im, Nevi'e Sheker, Avodah Zarah, and all those sorts of matters. Tanur Rabbanan returns us at Beraita to our earlier conversation, but it brings it further. What about a Navi Shehidiyah? What about a Navi who brings people uh, to Avodah Zarah? He brings them astray. So it's a prophet, Rashi says, who's prophesying in the name of God and telling people to worship Avodah Zarah. Alternatively, Haram Bam says, in the name of Avodah Zarah. Either way you do it, he's a prophet, obviously a false prophet, who's telling others, convincing them, and bringing them to Avodah Zarah, to idolatry. What's his punishment? Biskila, the first opinion over here in the Beraita, that of the Hachamim, say he gets the highest, the worst severity, and that's being stoned. Bishimon Omer, Behenek Bishimon, disagrees, and he says it's perhaps the lowest, and that is henek, strangulation. The Gemara will, in a few moments, explain to us their sourcing in this dispute. Furthermore, What about if it wasn't just you led astray one person, you rather led astray a large swath of people in a city? That's what we call it. Later on, and we already learned that the Gemara deals with many of the laws and, uh, and uh, regulations with regards to Eir Hanidahat. What if uh, it's a Navi who brings a Eir, uh, a city, or a large amount of people to Avodah Zarah, Biskilah, again the Chachamim say, punishment is the highest severity, that of Skilah. And again, consistently in this respect, Bishim Onomer, Behenek, he too uh, says, uh, gets Henek at strangulation. Navi Shehidiyah Biskilah. Let's go back to the first of these two laws and deal with one. And then the next. What's the halakha we said with regards to Navi Shehidiyah? If there's a prophet who brings another to Avodah Zarah. So the first opinion, that of Hachamim said, Sekilah. Rabbi Shimon, the second opinion said, Behenek. What's the reasoning? What's the sourcing for the Hachamim who argue that the punishment is Sekilah Atya Haddaha Haddaha Mimesit Malhalam Biskilah Afkan Biskilah. They have what's called the Gezerah Shava. Gezerah Shava means the same word as used in two places in the Torah. Uh, either the same word or a similar word. And there's a tradition to link the two up. And the same way the word, the Shoresh of Haddaha is used in the context of Mesit. Mesit is not a prophet. Mesit is a person who lures and tempts uh, another person to do Avodah Zarah. He, in a secretive, mysterious way, we discussed this earlier in the Masechet, convinces another person to do Avodah Zarah. Over there, it uses the Thashon of Haddahan. Explicitly, the Torah tells us his punishment is Sikilah. Everybody agrees to that. So, so too, if it's a prophet who does so, not by virtue of a sly tongue or a crafty wording or something along those lines, but rather he does it by means of, I got the vision from heaven, I got the vision from uh, the idol, Sikilah. We link the two up. Rabbi Shimon, how do you respond to that? Rabbi Shimon, Mita Ketibabe Torah Setam, Ena. Rabbi Shimon disagrees. He says the punishment with regards to in the Torah, a Navi Shehidiyah, the Torah says he gets put to death. And when we just mention in the Torah, mita, death, without specifying what it is, the Gemaran Dafnun Bet already told us, we've repeated it on several occasions, setam mita, when the Torah just says death, 
It means Hanuk. It means the lowest of those penalties for one of two reasons, as we learned over there. What does Rabbi Shimon do with the Gezerah Shabbah? The Chachamim said, we have a tradition linking these two, says Rashi, on our Gemara. He doesn't have that tradition. The Gemara Masech Pesachim makes clear you only can accept and, and be Doresh a Gezerah Shabbah if you, accept, if you had it on tradition. Your rabbi told it to you, your mentor told it to you, they got it from before, and so on and so forth. We don't make up Gezerah Shabbah. So that's the Machloket. Chachamim have a tradition on Gezerah Shabbah. Rabbi Shimon has no such thing. He looks at the Torah and says, Mita, it is Henek. What about? They do, but over here you have a Gezerah Shavah, so it's not Seta. It overrides it because it gives you a definition. In other words, you know, it's no longer Seta, and the Torah is, is implicitly telling you. What about Madihayir Hanidahat? How do you explain that? When they, uh, when, when this, uh, they, they convinced a, a swath of people, they turned a ear, a city, or many people into of the Abu Dazarah through Biskila. Uh, How do you know that the halakha is Biskila? How do you know, according to the Hachamim, that Madihir Hanidahat, without Nebuah, they're just bringing others to Abu Dazarah, not Nebuah, not a prophetic way. How do you know that, according to the Hachamim, how do the Hachamim know it's Biskila? Gamre, they have have a gezerah shava again hadaha hadaha. The same word is used by uh, bringing the city uh, as is used by one of two places. Well, we knew two places where the word hadaha is used. We know number one, it's by navi shehidiyah. That's what we just mentioned. We know number two, it's by mesit as well. Choose which one you want, because according to the rabbis, both of those are situations of sekila, o mimesit o minavi shehidiyah. One more time, we have an initial question. Navi shehidiyah, what's the death penalty? Sekila, according to the rabbis, they're learning that from, uh, from, from mesit. Rabbi uh, Shimon disagrees. And now, says the Gemara, next conversation is uh, not with prophecy. So where do you learn that from? Same word you have used in context. It's from one of those two earlier cases, from Mesit or from Navi Shehidiyah. What about Rabbi Shimon? Rabbi Shimon, Gamar hadaha hadaha min Navi. Says Rabbi Shimon, oh sure, I have Gezerah Shava over here, but my Gezerah Shava is from the Navi Shehidiyah. What was the halakha in Navi Shehidiyah according to Rabbi Shimon? It was a punishment by strangulation. Oh, by Hanek. So it says, I'm linking Navi Shehidiyah to Madihir Hanidahat to tell you that both of them get strangulation. Says the Gemara, but you have two options, Rabbi Shimon. You have a Gezerah Shava, which you're telling us exists, of Hadaha Hadaha. You can learn it either from Navi Shehidiyah, which the punishment is according to you, Hanek, or you could learn it alternatively from Mesit, uh, which even you agree uh, why don't you learn it from Mesit? You have two options again, Bishimon. Either Mesit, which would be Sekila, or from Navi Shehidiyah, which would be Henek. Danin Mesit Rabim Mesit Rabim Ven Mesit Ven Danin Mesit Rabim Mesit Yachid. Answers Bishimon or answers the Gemara for Bishimon. Let's talk about one who attempts and convinces an individual and teach that to. It's true, that's a question, give it a second. Let's talk about the prophet who convinces an individual and the uh, individual who convinces an individual uh, instead of talking about uh, convincing many people. Uh, that's, that's his suggestion, that's why it's Hanek. Challenges the Gemara as he did just a moment ago, Eli. But wait a second, your individual who convinced the Bishimon is not similar to your case. The case that you're learning from is a prophet. 
You're talking about a hediot, a non-profit. This prophet, you're considering him not a simple person? Look what he's talking about. He's talking about Avodah You couldn't find a more simple person than that. Effectively, all the uh, technicalities aside, the Gemara then presented for us a Beraita and each of the interpretations, Mahloket, Hachamim, and Bishimon, twofold. Number one on Navi Shehidiyah, and number two, Madihair Hanidahat, whether the death penalty is Sekila or Hainak Baruch, Adonai Amen, Amen,